Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, ba-boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on-site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic 18-week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with my bookie and use our promo code ZABE. That's Charlie Zulu. Alpha Bravo Echo to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, and when you win, get paid. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, it's back to the old format. Are you excited? A little bit of me. A nice conversation with a guest. And then something to chew on on the way out the door. College football upsets in week two. NFL week one bonanza. Woofed already down one quarterback. And Andy Poland joins me to discuss. All that plus what exactly do we mean when we tweet mindlessly? Never forget. Your bonus. No holds barred. 45 minutes of me is locked and loaded. So, Buckle up, man. Let's go. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go. Monday, September 13, 2021. Thank you for joining me. So before we get into the NFL and what we saw so far on a Sunday afternoon, a couple things real quick. In college football, there were some notable upsets, including Florida State losing. I mean, what a gutting at the end of that game uh, for Florida State. If anyone thought Florida State was back, mm -mm, not the case. Iowa came up huge once again against Iowa State. Poor Cyclones, they just, (laughs) they just are not their big brother in state. And that was a hell of a game, hell of an atmosphere at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Ohio State goes down to a very game Oregon squad that comes in. And then maybe the highlight of the weekend in college football, and it wasn't even the maze out at Michigan, which was awesome. It was the cat in Miami hanging on for dear life 
by one paw. If you haven't seen this viral video by now, I'm sure you will. But it's it's both amazing, uplifting, and yet terrifying all at once. Somehow a stray cat got into the guts of the stadium and was in amongst the crowd. And it got out on this wire overhanging one of the upper decks. And people noticed it like, oh, my God. Oh, no, kitty cat. Here, kitty. I need, by the way, the uh, uh, cats, cats and dogs speech. Probably should have had this prepped. Would have made it nicer for the lit. Okay, that's enough from you. Uh, the cat gets out there on this wire, and it's hanging on. And the first thought was, eh, it's a cat. It'll figure out a way to pull itself up. Those things are they are light, they're strong, they're nimble. They do this shit all the time. Remember the posters from the 70s of the cat hanging on by one arm, and it says, hang in there? <laughs> well... This was a case of this little kitty cat who was hanging on. It had like a 40-foot drop to the uh, concourse down below, awaiting it if it couldn't Resume, figure how to do it. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me mute this site. Again, you're not prepared. Shut your mouth. Now I've got it. Hey, kitty cat. Here you go, kitty cat. <laughs> David Trying Bennett. to get our two boys ready to carry them to the golf tournament for practice, right? Twelve cats live across the road. Our door's open, screen's broke, we need to get a new screen door, but the screen's broke, so you can come in through the screen, but you can't get back out of it. I turn and look, there's a little kitty cat in our, in our kitchen. So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, <coughs> the cat turns, tries to get back out, that screen won't go that way. Cat starts going, <coughs> all crazy. And I told our players, little kitty cat, what you doing here, little kitty cat? What you doing up on that wire, little kitty cat? So here he was hanging in front of thousands of fans at, I believe this was Joe, not Joe Robbie. I believe it was uh, uh, Hard Rock where Miami plays. They don't play, still play in the Orange Bowl, do they? Uh, I got to check that. Again, great prep. Here's the audio of the cat. It's got two hands. Trying to figure it out. Arms getting tired. Now it's on one hand. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Saved by fans waiting underneath with an American flag on 9-11. Are you kidding me? And after the cat fell to the ground, somebody picked him up, grabbed him, and then thrust him into the sky for everyone to see that it was okay, like Simba in Lion King. And people just go nuts. It was great. Terrifying, though. Horrifying. You're like, oh, no. No. Of course, somebody had to say, how come you, uh, how come that guy had to manhandle the cat afterwards? I'm like, oh, geez, the cat's fine. So it got roughhouse a little bit. I know this, the cat scratched up the person who was handling it because he was scared as shit, terrified. It's like, <sighs> I almost used up all my line lives right there. Okay, holy shit. How do I get out of here? There's so many people. It's so loud. I don't want to be here. In our kitchen. 
So I said, what are you doing in here, little kitty cat? By that time, eh, the cat turns, tries to get back out. That screen won't go that way. Cat starts going all crazy. I need to get my gal, absolute show super fan, Zabe, friend of Zabe, uh, Deb Wagner, the crazy cat lady from Seattle. She's got a comment on this cat video, but the cat's all right. Thank God for that. I like watching American Ninja Warrior where that's what you see all the time. People hanging on by one arm going, ah, and then falling into the water. I don't want to see a cat do it, that's for sure. It is time, Sunday night, to check in with my longtime former Afternoon Drive co-host, Andy Poland. It's a Sunday night. We still have more football to go, and already the National Football League, Andy, has delivered. Such a great product. It is a great product. It's a great product. (laughs) Even though I think we're finding more and more chunks of gristle and the occasional, you know, chicken beak in the meat, like these, (laughs) these roughing the passer calls are fucking ridiculous. And the call the the wolf benefited from on the forward fumble was a complete joke right so there's I more have... there's more gristle in the meat but it's so delicious it's so addicting it's so incredible you can't stop eating it well look, there's no other sport where you have the opening sunday where everybody watches pretty much six, seven, eight hours of the sport. You know, it just, it, it, it consumes America for an entire day. As they said in the movie Concussion, they own a day of the week. They do. They do. And they want to own every month of the calendar. And this is the first year in which we're going to have 17 games. And it's thrown off all of our radar, right, in figuring yeah. out, well, it looks like after one game, they're an 8-8 eight and eight team or a 10-6 and six team or a 5-11 and 11 team. All of our math is skewed by this extra game. Well, as, as you like to say, it's a kaleidoscope league. It so is. what we saw this week, I mean, look, the Green Bay Packers lost 38-3 to to the Saints with Jameis Winston at quarterback. You think that's going to be the Packers this year? Well, that's an interesting one to start on because, man, has my phone been burning up this afternoon with my Packer friends and colleagues and co-workers, and there is going to be absolute bloodshed on the airways, airwaves on Monday morning because of how Rodgers treated the offseason and because how LaFleur treated the offseason. Basically, bubble-wrapped the whole team. Mm-hmm. They paid a couple of guys like, you know, Aaron Jones, and then they brought in Randall Cobb to appease Rodgers, and they said, we'll be fine. We're in the championship game the last two years. Everything is fine. Just nobody touch anything. And they got their asses stuffed into a locker by a Saints team that was hungry and prepared. Oh, yeah. No, no, no question. But, but I, I, in hindsight, I know. what would you change well, if you were running the Green Bay Packers? In hindsight, and we're all geniuses in hindsight, as uh, Spurrier once said, right, Andy? Hindsight Hinds- is 50-50. It's 50 50 <laughs> <laughs> <It's 50-50. laughs> uh, In hindsight, see, I don't think the Packers were remotely ready to play this game. Now, was that because they didn't play anybody? I don't know. 
But I know this, there was this feeling, and I get this now doing daily radio in Milwaukee, in the land of Packerdom, and I get the sense, I got the sense all August, that they really felt like, no, you know what, we're going to be good again, we just need to win the last game, which we didn't do the last two years. And I said more than a few times on air, I said, I think this team could be in for a rude awakening. I think this year could be a real street-to-street fist fight. And they got their asses kicked in week one. They didn't seem prepared. Now, other people are saying, well, look, the Eagles didn't play anybody in in August, and they Mm -hmm. came out and smashed the Falcons. The Chargers didn't play anybody. They beat Washington. We'll get to that game in a second. Uh, The Saints had two games and a hurricane. And they were ready, and they had to move a home game to a neutral site. Indoor team, outdoors, in blazing heat. They looked ready to play. So it's not just so much not playing anybody. I think it's about the tenor that is set by certain key individuals on a team. Notably in Philly, they had a new coach, Nick Sirianni. I think new coaches set new tenors. I think the same thing in San Diego, or excuse me, L.A. with the Chargers. New coach. Mm It's a new feeling. LaFleur's going into his third year. I think with the Saints, the fact that Jameis won the job and he's popular and the team wanted to play hard for him, I think that matters. Does the Packer team not really want to play hard for Rodgers, who was doing Jeopardy, filming social media videos with Shailene in Hawaii and and passively, aggressively tormenting Brian Gutekunst and company this offseason? I don't know. But we got 16 more episodes to find out. And that's why this league is so good. This league is so good, Andy, Monday through Saturday. Yes, Sundays are wonderful. But the Monday through Saturday of this league is fantastic. I'll shut up and let you talk. Let's take some calls. I'll I'll shut up and let you talk. I'm sorry. I got on a roll there. Go ahead, No, no, no. no, Look, that's that's talk radio, and you you did what you would normally do in a situation like that. But I think you're, you're... you know, it's funny because you're you're doing two markets, and I don't really have any kind of exposure to the Milwaukee market. But I think your your attitude towards football gets a little skewed when you have thirty freaking years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking. It's it's just oh, you know I, you shouldn't I you agree. shouldn't have that kind of riches. And know? what I'm gonna say to the haters on Monday and Tuesday, the Rogers haters, of which my own producer and dear friend Eric James Gitter is a Rogers hater now. I'm gonna repeat to them. You guys are going to be so fucking sad when he's gone. Mark my words. Apre 12, Le Deluge. Oh, no, Jordan Love is the guy, is he? We'll see about that. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Look, and uh, Washington started Ryan Fitzpatrick, the 31st different starter since Mark Rippon won the Super Bowl. And how's that worked out? Not too good. In fact, Washington has now started 14 different quarterbacks on week one in the 20 years that Snyder has owned the team. Yeah. Is that good? No, No, that's that's, not good. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Sounding like your parents. Is that good? No, that's not good. Was that a good choice, Johnny? No, it was not a good choice. So we need to make better choices, Johnny. Also, in the last three years, I believe – the Redskins slash Wooft have gone three, four, three in terms of different starting quarterbacks for a single season. 
So we're already on pace for another three starter year, which mm-hmm. would make four straight years of at least three different starters. Ooh, fa. Yeah, and I think number four may be sitting out there waiting to see what develops in the league <laughs> after being re- released. You mean you mean Cam Newton? Yeah, yeah, yeah Cam. Right. And by the way, did did you see the report from Pro Football Talk on uh, on the injury for Ryan Fitzpatrick? You mean Pro Football Doc, not Pro Football Talk, right? Whatever did you say, it is. Doc or Talk? Well, from Doctor David J. Chow. Not from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, although maybe he was reiterating what Dr. Chow said. What's the report? Subsligation or something like Sub- that. It, it's subligation. Yeah, it's 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 the Tua injury. It's <gasps> it's the it's the injury oh, that ended fuck. Bo Jackson's career, I think. Now they're they're you know they're waiting to find out tomorrow exactly what's going to be the case, but it does appear to be a serious hip injury. Let me try to recreate a call I made to Andy driving home from one of Count Rhodes' house as the game was still unfolding. It just finished, actually, and I said, so do you think that uh, Fitzpatrick's going to play on Thursday night against the Giants? And you said bluntly, no. "No." I think his hip is busted and his career is over. Right, yeah. That's that's just the way it goes. Oh, my God. yeah, once you come here, that's that's what happens to you. Well, did Taylor Heineke do anything to blow your dress up? Just no. a bit Marilyn Monroe no. style. No, no, no. These, these people who get excited about what he did, you've seen a little sample here and there. Yes, he can make some plays. Is he Doug Flutie? No, I don't think he is. And he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. He's had... Two starts. He's been injured in both of them. Uh, and I, I, if if you're banking on him for the next sixteen games, good luck. It is kind of amazing because you know we spent the whole off season listening to sports radio and partaking in it and producing sports radio in this town, in which there was great optimism that hey yeah, Fitz Magic, you know what? He's pretty good actually, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to have somebody we won't have to handhold like Haskins last year. He isn't on one leg like Alex Smith and literally one quarter and a half into the year he goes down and I turn to my boy Rhodes and I go, "You do know we've got 16 more games to swim with a guy who was taking calculus classes last fall at Old Dominion, thinking right. he was out of football entirely and he was preparing for his like broker's uh, license on Wall Street. Yeah, I mean, look, seems 16, miss- 16 games swim, Andy. This is not. This is more than the, the English Channel with Diana Nyad. It's like swimming from <laughs> London to yeah. New York City. Right. And and teams miss on players. It happens from time to time. But he's been through four or five different organizations. He Minnesota, has. New England, Carolina. The chances uh, that he's going to be that they all missed on him after seeing him up close right, is virtually right. nil. Right, right. You know, Bill, Bill Belichick had him in. And if Bill Belichick would have seen some great potential, he would have parlayed him into something you know it, yeah. it's it's not like it's not like this is going to be you know drew Brees and uh oh look at that he got away from four teams and then went on to have a great career he's still he's he's like 27 or 28 years old too yeah. he's the, not a kid the elephant in the room is the fact that this defense that was supposed to be 
the bee's knees. This badass, oh man, wait till you see these guys. They're the new monsters of the Midway. They're the new Ravens 2000 with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. They laid an egg because guess what? They barely got to, to Herbert and he carved them up. Oh, he looked good. He looked real good. And they had some drops too. And they had two terrible calls go against them. Now, I understand one of them is an actual rule, which is just ridiculous with Joey Bosa making a tackle around the knees and that's somehow roughing the passer. But they also had a play from the five-yard line where it was just clearly an incomplete pass and they ruled it a fumble through the end zone? Are yeah. you kidding me? It was, oh. such a, it was such a bad call that Gene Steratore, who does the CBS you know, second-guessing, he's their official second-guesser yeah. at, at referee, he said, now, I don't agree with this at all. He said, by our definition, if you have the ball in your hand for even one frame of video and it goes forward like that, it's considered that you threw it forward. This whole notion of oh. you lost control of the ball, if it's in contact with your hand, when your arm is going forward for one frame of video, it's a pass, not a fumble. And nobody would have chased that 12-yard forward spiral fumble if it hadn't gone out of the end zone. Am I right? Uh, the, the way it looked on the replay, nobody did. It was like, yeah, since you've been playing in the sandlot, that was an incomplete pass. Move on. Yeah, it's so dumb. And of course, replay looked at it. And of course, replay didn't get it right. And of course, guys like you, Andy, will say, ah, we still need more of it. We can perfect it. No, no, no. We need a replay system, not the exact replay system that's in place right oh. now. Oh, you want a we, different system. You want to fire we, the guys. By the way, you know, they, they said, you know, we've got new guys in the booth alberto riveron who was the head of the replay department retired in the offseason oh, did yeah. you know that he's in charge no i didn't yeah. i didn't follow that yeah, he's in so charge now uh let's see a uh, new nfl replay <laughs> boss <laughs> uh yeah here it is uh nfl communications.com nfl announces new officiating leadership team oh actually this is when riveron was hired uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll find it, but I remember he retired in the off season. I'll look gee, it up right I, here. I didn't get an invitation. Were we supposed to bring gifts? No, we were not, Andy. You smartass. Oh. <laughs> so so the defense for the Washington football team was not nearly that impressive. There's well, room they, to grow, but they didn't look really good at all. Fourteen for nineteen on third down. I, I can't remember when I've seen that before. Well, not only that, but they couldn't get the Chargers off the field when it mattered most. When Rivera, when Riverboat decided to punt on fourth and six at the plus 40, a decision I said is idiotic because yards are overrated. You got 37 yards because they punted down to the seven, right? Yeah, and exchange and a penalty. For, yeah, in exchange for thir- right, and then it pushed the penalty pushed it out to the seventeen. But yeah. you're trading yards for a forty five percent chance of converting. I looked up the global fourth and six conversion rate, meaning all teams, all situations, entire year, and it's about forty five percent. I like those odds because if you convert, you're in great shape. My argument is if you need a stop, which you would if you punt then where you get the stop is kind of irrelevant unless you're automatically giving the other team a field goal by turning it over, which you wouldn't at the plus 40, or the chance to score a, a touchdown that would put you out of reach. 
And that was not the case. They shouldn't have punted, in my humble opinion. Yeah, he's made some curious decisions, and I thought we were going to get an explanation like last year when oh, I didn't want to get anybody hurt. You know, remember when he kept his timeouts in his pocket and said it, that last season? Exactly. Now, so I went back and forth with a guy on Twitter today who was like arguing that, yeah, you know, they got what they wanted. They got a third and 17, and they just couldn't stop him. And my response to that was, yeah, that's not how it works. Just because you got the situation that you think you should be able to convert on and you don't, it doesn't matter. It could have been a third and one you couldn't stop. You didn't stop him. You punted and you never got the ball back. That means you made the wrong decision. Right, right. No, I I, I 100% agree. And especially if you got a running quarterback, you got multiple options there and they didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, you got into it on Twitter. Yeah, with a guy who made a very curious argument. Yeah, and that was it's not that the defense failed; it's just that they did the best they could, quote unquote. They did the best they could and still couldn't get the Chargers off the field. Yeah, his argument was they they the reason that the defense failed was because they couldn't get the de- the Chargers off the field. No, that's a result <laughs> of bad defense that's not right. getting them off the field because the job of the defense is to get the other team off the field oh. so you can give the ball to your offense. Oh my god. Yeah, it's yeah. just so funny. To see that the they did the best they could. What is this third grade sport? Or but, something? but but no, but they like that. But see, here's the thing. This this is like a caller. He's he's now he's got you. So at at after about three back and forths, I said they went fourteen for nineteen on third downs. Have a nice have night. a nice day. Right. Well, this is <laughs> yeah. where hanging up on callers was so satisfying. Yeah, and that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he and then what happens? But see. <laughs> unlike a caller who just goes away, he's got other Twitter followers to get into it with. And so you follow their chain and somehow you're linked into it because of your tweet oh, and, and it could go on for days. Oh God. So back to the uh, Packers situation with my buddies and colleagues. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of Rogers haters and yeah. I'm going to have to remind them the saints went back-to-back on 15-play touchdown drives, which hasn't been done in the NFL since 2000 by anybody. I'm going to have to remind them that's not on Rodgers. And you know who the Packers hired this year at defensive coordinator, Andy, to make the defense better? No. (laughs) Joe Barry. Oh, God. The most. <laughs> did, didn't he engineer the 0 16 Lions? Why, yes, he did, Andy. <laughs> okay. How did he do? How did he do here in Washington? Uh, not too good. Not no, he was too a, good. But he oh, went, good. he went to the Rams for one year and he was like linebacker coach. Now, I don't think right. he was even the D coordinator and they were pretty good. He went to the Rams because why? Guess who's the head coach? Sean McVay. Sean McVay, who worked with him in Washington. Right. And so then he's out of a job there, and he gets hired by Matt LaFleur, who? Was in Washington, right? (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And, And now you know, kids, how coaching hires get made in the NFL. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, as the kids like to say. 
Right, and for all the uh, uh, the uh, efforts of the league to get minorities involved, people oh, yeah. still hire their friends. It's it's just the way it, it's just the way it works. It's it's crazy. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action. First time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower, boom, to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the week season, and over five hundred thousand dollars in contest prizes live on site to make winning this season your best ever with my bookie. With a historic eighteen week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sports book casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing and sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code ZABE and making your first deposit today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie, and when you win, get paid. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. By the way, uh, did, did you see the comeback by the Lions? They, om- they almost yes. came back and won. Yes. Uh, this was this throwing off my theory that Dan Campbell may not last the season because uh, <laughs> they were getting uh, hammered by the Niners. Right. And, and, and usually when a team has had enough of the coach who opened his press conference by talking about biting knees and ankles and things like that and, and, had, and talked about his coffee intake for the season and wanted a real lion as a mascot, I said, this guy is, is, is cooked. And the fact that they came back and played as hard as they did. That may throw off my theory there. I'm, I'm double clutching on that. Yeah, you know, but here's the great thing, and this is what the great Randy Galloway, columnist turned radio host in Dallas, who sadly retired because I loved his show. Yeah, I knew Randy well. I liked him a lot. Is he, by the way, still alive? Oh, yeah, he's, okay. he retired. He Good. He's probably in his late 70s by now. But, yeah, he, he had an incredible run there. Yeah, Randy Galley would always open Mondays. Overreaction Monday. <laughs> Cows lose. Cows lose. Fire them all. Jason Garrett's a bum. <laughs> but he called it Overreaction Monday. and Stolen that, by ESPN, right. Oh, ESPN stole it? Overreaction Monday? Yeah, they do that on their yeah. NFL countdown show or live show or whatever it is. One of the shouting shows. Yeah. Uh. Speaking of buddies hiring buddies, which is a way of the world. Let's not kid ourselves. Whomever Jay Feely is inviting to his member guest at his swank country club, 
at CBS Sports. It's working. The fact that we were subjected to a Spiro Ditas Jay Feely game with no sideline presence, which could have come in handy when Fitzpatrick left the game, was mm-hmm. an absolute insult. Jay Feely, former kicker for the Giants, or no, the, the the Dolphins and maybe the Giants. I could look up his resume. It He's doesn't been around, matter. Yeah, yeah, but a Jets, kicker. He was added as a kicking specialist yeah. on the broadcasts, usually in the playoffs for CBS, with the A team of Nance and Sims before they got rid of Sims, right? Mm-hmm. And it yep. was a luxury. It was like, do we really need a guy who's only going to analyze <laughs> kicking? But yeah. he was on the broadcast. And then I guess I didn't notice it on Friday with You Are Looking Live. He's now a lead analyst? Fuck that noise. No. In a million years, no. Kickers are not lead analysts. Sorry. Well, so I, I put that out as a tweet uh, myself early on. I said, I can't remember when an analyst was an ex-kicker. And somebody brought up Pat Summerall. And I said, he no, wasn't Pat an Summerall. analyst. No, but somebody looked something up, and apparently he did some games with Don Cricky in the early 70s. So technically, there has been a kicker before, though. Also, technically, Pat Summerall wasn't just a kicker. I think he also played a little tight end. So Okay, and he was from the prehistoric era. I mean, yeah. Summerall might have played in leather helmets. Mm, I don't think leather helmets, Not but uh, maybe maybe possibly without face masks, yes. Right. Also, wasn't Paul McGuire formerly of Monday Night Football, a punter? Yes, but also a linebacker. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, you know, and so at one point, I think uh, either Washington or maybe it was uh, San Diego, San Diego, Washington, or the <laughs> either the Chargers LA. or Wolfed, uh, they got a couple penalties that knocked him out of field goal range, and he says with this great energy, see, that's the problem with penalties right there. You can't do that. Now they're out of field goal range, and I sat there on the couch with my boy John. I go, oh, thanks. Is that how football works? Wow. It's my first day watching, so that's bad, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's thinking like a kicker. Like, oh, now they're going to make me kick it from 58. But the way he said it was like he thought he had come upon this great gem of analysis. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah. It just it, it's too bad. And and I couldn't I didn't I didn't hear anything on the TV about what happened to Fitzpatrick until the start of the second half. You I, said I they mentioned hip, hip early yeah. on. Yeah, I thought so. They but they did and they they didn't know whether he was going to be back in the first half and then there was an announcement he wouldn't be back in the first half at all. And then when you saw Heineke start the second half, you kind of knew, and then they announced it, I guess, in the third quarter he wasn't coming back. But it looks it, – it, the initial reports are this is pretty serious. And whether he plays again this year, I'm not optimistic. Yeah. And so it's on to the Giants at FedEx Field in four days. Giants look right. like ass today. The Broncos pretty much hammered them. I'm um, looking at the box score. Saquon Barkley played in that game. Uh, but yeah, 27 to 13, your final score there. Other games around the league, as mentioned, the Eagles beat the Falcons 32 to 6. Jalen Hurts, 264 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe we're underestimating the Eagles? Mm, no, I just think the Falcons are really terrible. But uh, he's he's a pretty good quarterback. They would have beaten Washington in that final game last year if they didn't pull him out. He's I, I like him. I, I think he's going to be a pretty decent player. 
Steelers stunned the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times, uh, but only had one touchdown, as uh, Pittsburgh may still be alive this year with Big Ben and Mike Tomlin at the helm. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, if you're going to underestimate them, you know, let's 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 see more football from them because I think I think they they had a really interesting year last year, given that Ben couldn't play, and you know I I, I don't I don't think that they're going to be falling off much. I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Bengals beat the Vikings in the nick of time. We almost had a fucking tie to start the year. That's another thing that bugs the shit out of me, Andy. I this- hate ties. Well, and and everything they've done is to make it more likely I know. that we have ties. Enough, again, I've said this a million times, <laughs> the way overtime used to work was good. You flipped a coin. One team kicked off, one team received. It was the job of the team that kicked off to stop them to get the ball, and if they kick a field goal, they win. If the other team kicks a field goal, they win, and the game is over. No, no, no. Now everybody's got to touch it, and they shorten overtime from 15 minutes to For 10 minutes. safety reasons, right. Yeah, well, right. The old, the old overtime was great because, sure, the coin flip was a bit of a crapshoot. The advantage to the team winning the coin flip was 53 to 47. That's a sizable statistical spread between winning and losing by winning the coin flip, but it's not overwhelming. And what it did was it put urgency into winning the game in regulation. And there's a lot to be said for that, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I don't. It, it started, as you said, I think you were the one that said this, that when, when they got in the playoffs and there was a game where Peyton Manning didn't get a chance to touch the ball and might have been the Chargers. Chargers, the, yeah. Yeah, the game. And uh, oh, well, that's well, just not your right. Your boy Peter King led the charge. He was belly aching <laughs> about that in his column for days and weeks. And I think he's got influence within the league office. Anyway, they uh, win on a late field goal. They got a very controversial fumble call that was reviewed for about 10 fucking minutes of Dalvin Cook. It looked like he was down to me, but you never really can tell. Joe Burrow looked good in his first game back from knee surgery, and Jamar Chase, the rookie, caught a touchdown. (laughs) Can you believe his excuse for having a drop-tastic August? Well, and also, it it underlines the meaninglessness of preseason (laughs) in that some were ready to declare oh my god they got a bust you know this guy can't play cannot play he said he couldn't catch the pro ball because it didn't have the stripes he was used to on the side like it did in college yeah Yeah. it's a fucking ball just catch it bro (laughs) could it have been could it have been a dupe like, like, uh, hey, watch this defensive backs. I'm going to pretend I can't catch in the preseason. And then when it I counts, I'll catch everything. I don't know. Uh, it, Kirk Cousins, our boy, had another stat-stuffing losing effort, 36 of 49, 351, two touchdowns, great passer rating, didn't win the game, and those that hate Kirk Cousins are definitely going to crush him. By the way, I did find the uh, Al Riveron retiring. This is from yep. August 5th. August 5th. A uh, longtime NFL official and executive Al Riveron is retiring. He had a turbulent tenure, writes Kevin Seifert at ESPN, officiating chief from 2017 to 2019. Most notably, he oversaw the league's one-year experiment in reviewing pass interference penalties during the 2019 season, which was then thrown out. So, yeah. Uh, Walt Anderson. Who took his place? Walt Anderson oh. and his bent needle from Deflate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think is going to take over in that regard. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Niners, you mentioned, beat the Lions, but they were up big and then allowed 16 in the fourth. 
by Detroit. Uh, Trey Lance threw a touchdown pass in this game. So how long for Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, good question. And and also, is this going to be one of those situations where a team has got a quarterback injury and the trade deadline is later this year, a little bit later? Trade Garoppolo, huh? Yeah. I mean, that that's that's definitely in play because there aren't that many of those guys floating around. Well, Garoppolo and, had 314 yards on just 25 squeezes, so he was great in the game. And uh, Jared Goff threw it 57 times. Of course, they were behind big. Cardinals route the Titans, Andy. Message sent Arizona for real. DeAndre Hopkins was doing work out there. Two of the most spectacular catches and runs I've seen. But then again, he does this all the time. Yeah, he's. I mean, that, again, that uh, of all the trades that have been made in recent years, oh, that's got to be the stupidest one that yeah, ever. Right? Really dumb. Uh, Seahawks beat the Colts twenty-eight to sixteen. Russell Wilson four touchdowns. Uh, sure. The Panthers over the Jets nineteen to fourteen. Here's my big story in this game: Why'd Carolina get rid of its natural grass field? Boo, boo, Ben. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, speaking of fields. FedEx field looked good for a change. I know it's the opening game, but that field look really good. looked, looked yeah. good today. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold uh, was pretty good in this game, 24-35. McCaffrey had 21 carries for almost 100. He had nine catches for almost 100. That's what Christian McCaffrey does. Zach Wilson, 20 of 37. Two touchdowns, one INT in his rookie debut for the Jets. The Texans. Romo loves him. Yeah. He does. The Texans, Andy, destroyed the Jaguars, 37 to 21. Somebody made a good point about how oftentimes we get too influenced by media hype about, quote, dysfunction because of mm -hmm. one particular story. In this case, it was Deshaun Watson, right? Yep. It, it was a big distraction. He was on the roster, could theoretically play, but wasn't practicing with the team. Spent all August doing that, and then finally week one comes, and you're like, really? They're going with Tyrod Taylor? And so we just assume the whole team sucks and doesn't know what they're doing and can't play. And they go out and they smash the Jaguars because guess what? They're professionals. They were practicing. But it could be the Jaguars with Urban could Meyer be. are really horrendous. You well, know? and so. that's the thing. I saw one story today from CBS Sports that said there's already yep. widespread unhappiness. Right, right. I mean, this is this is it, it's not quite Spurrier because Spurrier was kind of a, a jovial guy who, who, you know, was in over his head in the pros. But Urban Meyer may be just as much in over his head. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Browns 33 to 29. The Browns seemingly had their arms around this game and then right. shit started happening. Browns shit started happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and Mahomes on that 75 yard touchdown pass uh, who makes that play nobody can yeah I right? know Tyreek Hill 11 for a buck 97 including the 75 yarder for a touchdown um, you know Baker Mayfield was pretty good but the Chiefs figured it out at the end and was there a snafu with a punt by the Browns that I missed yeah. as I was flipping yeah, around what happened there they hadn't punted all day, and it was it was a good snap, and the punter just dropped it oh, and, uh, and was, was tackled, and you know set up an easy score for Kansas City. Uh, two in the Patriots or two in the Dolphins beat the Patriots in the Alabama versus Alabama showdown at quarterback. Tua versus Mac Jones, but Mac Jones looked pretty good. Twenty nine of thirty nine for almost three hundred yards in this game, but they lose by a point. They had a late turnover there, which because uh, they were driving to to win the game, and he turned the ball over. 
And that was the difference. Right, exactly. They also brought in uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett for a third down sneak which was weird. Yeah. I was like, wait, what happened to Tua? Why is he not in the game? Uh, the Saints routed the Packers. We talked about that already. Good for Jameis. Five touchdowns on only 14 of 20. 148 yards and five touchdowns. That is a yeah. very odd statistical profile right there. And if I'm the Packers defense, oh, there's fist fights in that team room this week in film study because that's a joke. Yeah, and do you think that, that Jameis can be – do you think this is the real Jameis? I don't. I think this I is think, a one-week anomaly. Uh, I think Jameis is is a QB1 in this league still. I think some mm. guys – I think he's a QB1, Andy. Is I think he he's a, a turnover good? machine, and I think, I think as the weeks go on, the turnovers are going to pile up. They will. To a certain extent, however, I think he's still a QB1. Maybe on the lowest rung of it, but he's still that. And the Broncos beat the Giants 27-13. to 13. I didn't get to see much of this game, but the Giants are still the Giants. Right, and, and this is the Daniel Jones year, and he was okay, but nothing spectacular what I saw. Right, 267 yards, one touchdown, a rating of 90. Saquon carried it 10 times for just 26 yards, 2.6 per carry. Uh, Melvin Gordon for the Broncos had 101 yards on 11 rushes, and the Giants yeah. come to FedEx Field on Thursday night. Do you think they will get the water leakage situation under oh, control? God. By Thursday night. For those that might have missed it, a pipe burst or, if you believe the team's explanation, it was rainwater that Mm. came pouring down on fans in the upper deck. Yeah. It hasn't rained as far as I was able to tell in like four days. It (laughs) rained a splash on Saturday. I don't think so. It rained a splash on Thursday. Thursday it's possible up in the gullies and the gussets of FedEx field and the nooks and the crannies that it collects and it sits in places and something burst I don't know Uh, but it it's running around the internet like look it's shit water at FedEx field how appropriate (laughs) yeah well they they cannot replace that dump soon enough Andy and yet the the co-CEO just told Adam Schefter that they're working on a state-of-the-art facility how long have they been working on it? Uh, I don't know. She didn't. She didn't say, but she said she's got multiple locations for it too. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Tanya's podcast with Chef? Yeah, I thought it was. I, I thought overall it was it was somewhat embarrassing in that you know she did not address the uh, the fact that there was uh, women who were uh, harassed in this. I think one thing Schefter should have asked her is. You are a woman who had her own business and were making your way, you know, before you got married and you still continued to do a business. Was there ever a point where you were sexually harassed? You didn't ask her that. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I just found her comments of, you know, it was so hard on us and hard on our kids. Yeah. What people would write in the media, this media, that. And she said, you know, Dan and I could have just, you know, sailed away and been fine. And that touched a nerve. That was the drill going into my root of my canal, the root of my canal, the root of my molar. I'm like, oh, yeah, sail away on your upgraded luxury yacht. You know, your 
$500 million yacht. Don't say right. that. We could have right, just yeah. sailed away. We were hoping you would sail away. We thought the NFL was going to finally replace you. <laughs> Instead, they gave you the whole team to run. Right. Yeah, a little $10 million dollar slap on the wrist. He also threw in pina coladas to, to, to further the image. Yes! You know, you know. Oh, my God. Like, sometimes you say to yourself, okay, they're living in another reality that I don't fathom. Right? Right. right. They've right. convinced yeah. themselves black is white, up is down, good is bad, and nothing is ever our fault. Well, look, they, they had a, a club to the head from the Washington Post, and they walked away with a mere flesh wound. So they got to feel like they are somewhat invincible. And they also survived a hostile attack from the minority owners with a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of legal stuff thrown oh, yeah. at them. Yeah, that was another one where she said that uh, now that they're 100% owners, that they can do things their way. No, you could do things your way before. They had no say. They such, were minority owners. Such bullshit. Well, got a game Thursday, Andy. 24-hour yep. rule. We'll, we'll shake it off and get Taylor Heineke ready to play against the G-Men on Thursday. Hey, coach him up. Coach yep. him up. Yep. Yep. All right, Andy, yep. as always, a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Thanks, Dave. There you go. All right, that was good. That was really good. Actually, I uh, I accidentally called Andy on the so-called FaceTime audio component of my iPhone, and I thought that sounded really, really good. Because, you know, I'm all about audio quality. Real quick on that front, thank you for all of you who emailed after the snafu episode last week with Scott and Solly. Most of you, I think, understood uh-oh, something happened. I don't know what. You didn't explain, but mm, terrible audio. A few of you, though, were very angry. And I just stepped back and I looked at these emails going, did they not know this was like the one time in hundreds and hundreds of episodes? In fact, I need to get a hard total episode count of the Zabecast and all its iterations from a man, Chris Broussard. I'd love to know what number we're at right now. But this is the one time something was definitely shitty about it. And I wish it wasn't so, but there was a reason for it. The Roadcaster Pro that I recorded on was being powered by a portable power brick, and I had forgotten to charge it fully, and it crapped out 42 minutes into what was supposed to be a 45-minute run. You can't redo that. Even if you try, it's too tedious. It's too painful. It's like Sisyphus, the Greek myth of the guy pushing the stone up the hill only to have it fall back down upon him. I couldn't. I wouldn't do it. So I just said, well, I've got the audio from the two cameras that filmed it. Maybe that'll be all right. And I merged them together and I put processing on it and I actually downloaded a a processing app to try to get rid of the background hum and... I said, it's not great, but I ain't got time to redo it, so here it is. And it was shit. And it's the one time it's going to happen. Now, you might say, well, get a, you know, don't rely on battery power for your roadcaster. Fair enough, but when I'm, th- when I'm in the van, it's always possible for, ha- for perhaps the power in the van to cut out. So as long as I charge these portable battery bricks, it's a very reliable way to power the device. But it was a one-time deal. So anyway, but I thought the audio quality was good with Andy. 
I think what we did of going through the NFL games exclusively on Sunday night, first blush, 7 o'clock, right before the Sunday night football game begins, is a good thing. Andy is reliable. He's always around to talk and always in a pleasant mood to do so. He works well with me, and I think this is the new Monday Zabecast jam. Andy, Mondays during the NFL season. We'll go through all the games, notes, nuggets, stuff like that, and put a bow on it. And if we get audio like that, that's a plus two. That's that's a bonus on top of it. So there you go. Let me end on this. What do we mean when we say never forget when it comes to 9-11? Never forget what exactly? Never forget it happened? Well, of course. Never forget where you were when it happened? I always will. Never forget how you felt in the days and weeks and months afterwards? I think most of us alive at the time still can channel that inner visceral feeling. But what do we mean when we say never forget? Do we mean never forget that no matter how much good America does in the world, no matter how much money we ship overseas for various developing countries and programs and everything else, for no matter how many countries we have liberated from tyranny in not only a couple of world wars, but since then, that no matter how many people we let walk across our border and give them things, that we will still be viscerally hated by some, which is what the hijackers did on 9-11. I get very angry when I hear people say the tragic events of 9-11. No, it was a terrorist attack, a cold-blooded Absolutely inhuman slaughtering of 3,000 plus innocents. It was not the tragic events. A bridge collapsing, that's a tragic event. A hurricane that slams into a city, that's a tragic event. Call it what it is. I noted one TV network host that introduced the otherwise wonderful montage that led the NFL coverage, you know, on this weekend of 9-11, it, you know, it led their, their games at one o'clock and it was nicely produced, but I got pissed off when I heard the, the anchor for the, and I won't name him. You can guess the tragic events. Bullshit. Call it what it is. Never forget what, the 20-year quagmire we just ended in Afghanistan, the lives lost, the money spent, for what? Never forget the additional, hey, you know what, while we're here in Afghanistan, let's go invade Iraq. Never forget that, how we got duped into that, the lies that were told. How about never forget that evil itself still exists in the world? Evil exists and harbors itself inside of otherwise peaceful religions. How about never forget that heroism and sacrifice exists, which it did on that day? How about never forget we've got to live our lives anyway without fear? What if your never forget is something more than just a cheap saying? Because it does kind of feel cheap and empty and perfunctory. Like, oh, hey, look, I just tweeted, never forget. Am I good now? We said. Just something to think about. 
That is a wrap for today. Thank you for listening. I would love for you to spread the word. Send one person a link to this show. Keep it growing. Keep it going. There is an ocean of podcasts out there. Many of them are excellent, and I listen to them. I try to steal ideas, and I get jealous of their audio quality, which seems to be always one click even better than mine. So spread the word. If you want to subscribe to five times a week, go to zabe.com slash premium. It's only $5 a month, and I give you a month free if you buy it a year at a time. Cancel any time if you go month to month. I'm not going to hold your money if you don't want to give it to me. And even if you don't need that fifth day necessarily, the $5 can be sort of like a tip jar to say, you know what, you're doing good. Keep it going. Enjoy tonight's Monday Night Football beer for the road game of week one, and we will see you next time. You like easy money? Well, thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season. If either team scores in the NFL season opener, you win. A game hasn't ended 0-0 since, well, World War II, so this is a sure thing. Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and any team scores between the Cowboys and Tampa Bay Bucks, and you win! The best bet is the one you cannot lose. MyBookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 Super Contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to MyBookie.ag today and use our promo code ZABE and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's right, double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and receive double your first deposit and get started with MyBookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.